I think that there was this part in my career where I kind of felt like, have I done enough work to earn time off? Like, I feel like I thought about it previously is like, you get the time off if you've done X, Y, and Z. Whereas now I'm like, you take the time off so that you can do X, Y, and Z. And so even in the reframing of time off, isn't something that you have to earn by working. It's something that you take so that you can meet goals or, you know, show up for a meeting and be present and be fully there even. I think with co-parenting, it's interesting. So I was previously married and I don't know if it's a different dynamic from individuals who weren't, but I think there's this period of time post divorce, if you will, where people are learning how to um, consciously uncouple and how they are pulling apart, or at least for me, how I had to pull apart my own parenting style, my own beliefs, my own values, and how I would instill them as a single individual, as opposed to being a unit. And nobody really prepares you for how to do that. And then if you already had like a professional life or career, nobody also tells you how to do it while still maintaining that um, professional um, ambition and that professional curiosity to continue moving forward. When Wing Women started, it was started just honestly out of my own personal pain story of having gone through reproductive health issues and issues that arose in pregnancy that I had nobody to talk to. Like women's health is still very largely stigmatized and taboo. And you would think that we would be able to talk to moms and cousins and sisters and aunties, but it's just not something that I saw was, not something that happened with me personally. And then obviously I was seeing it echoed online. Welcome to Take the Day Off, a mother on sleep podcast powered by Splendid Spoon. Women have always taken on the larger share of the domestic and caregiving responsibilities at home. Cooking, cleaning, laundry, childcare, and more. Does any of this sound familiar? These are absolutely important in keeping our households running smoothly and efficiently. We also know that women, as a result of this repetitive and unrelenting household chores, endure stress, anxiety, burnout, and depression. This podcast is about taking the day off from your personal or professional to-dos and bringing the focus back to you and on what matters most to your personal well-being, indulging in a creative pursuit, or simply getting some rest. We'll check in with you to learn more about what you're doing to take the day off. I am your host, Blessing Adichion, founder and CEO of Mother Honestly, a chemical engineer, supply chain and operational excellence leader, and mother of four. You will also hear from my friend and co-host, Andrea Mullen, founder and CEO of Victory PR, and mother of two boys. We are here to take the day off with Splendid Spoon. Welcome to episode two of the Take the Day Off podcast. Last week was amazing. Just having the time of our lives with Nicole and Andrea. And today we are interviewing Adonika Shaw. She's the founder and CEO of Wing Women. Adonika is amazing. She's an integrative health coach, a doula, midwife's apprentice, and a patient advocate. She's a powerful voice for women 
who are navigating their reproductive health. And I really wanted her to come talk to us today um, because she is special, okay? Donica is a mother of three. She has been through a divorce and she's navigating co-parenting with a partner, um, ex-partner. And she also is building this amazing company all at the same time. And I thought that was just so powerful. When we chatted, we talked about how literally between both of us, we have seven kids and we are building companies and traveling all over the world. And so how is that possible? And I reminded her, I said, you know, this is why the concept of taking the day off is so important because we really need women that are going at 150 miles per hour to know that they have the permission to slow down um, and take some time to themselves and take some time to reflect. And so I don't want to give too much away because Adonica, you know, she has been through a lot. Um, similar to my story, she, you know, um, she's now a single mom and, um, and navigated divorce three or four years ago. And so I think it'll be one of the reasons why we brought her on the show is because mental health has been such a big piece of relationships, of navigating divorce, of navigating co-parenting. And all of this also weaves into our reproductive health. It weaves into how we show up at work. And so this was very important because what Adonica taught me is how women like her and myself can start again. We've given ourselves the permission to begin again. So for me, this is a new beginning for her. And it's just exciting to listen to how she navigated her divorce to starting up this company and raising our kids and really putting all of our energy into this new career because she truly believes in it and she wants to leave a legacy for our kids. I think a lot of our listeners, especially if you are navigating divorce or if you've if you're a single mother or if you um you know, if you are still trying to figure out your career, your purpose, we'll learn so much from Adonica. So without further ado, let's bring on Adonica. Welcome. Welcome, Adonica, to the Mother Honestly podcast. Um, I am so excited to finally chat with you. You and I have been going back and forth on LinkedIn and then in our emails. We've canceled quite a number of times. Uh, because yeah. of our busy schedules. So thank you so much. I would love for you to introduce yourself to our listeners and um, tell us about you and what you do. Yes. So my name is Adonica Shaw and I'm the founder and CEO of Wing Women. Wing Women is a, essentially it's, it's two things. First, it's a peer support network for women facing reproductive health issues. So everything from fibroids and infertility to, um, things that may arise during pregnancy through the fourth trimester. And we are now going to be offering health coaching for women with chronic reproductive health conditions like PCOS and endometriosis. Um, I am a mother of three. I'm divorced. And so I co-parent now with my ex-husband. And we've been doing that for a few years. So in many ways, I'm kind of a non-traditional parent, but traditional in other ways. <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing so hard because I'm like, whoa, three kids. Um, I have four. So anytime I hear somebody say three and up, I'm always like, my face literally just lit, lights up. Yeah. But one thing you said that stuck with me is support for endometriosis. Um, that was something that, you know, I had a lot of friends that had endometriosis and there's just not enough support. When I, I agree. About it enough here in America, it's mind 
blowing that, you know, we're not talking about it. And it's impacting so many women, especially women of color. So I'd love for you yeah. to just share more about, you know, what, um, the, how the Wing Women is supporting um, a lot of women with this chronic issues. Yes. So with endometriosis and PCOS specifically, um, it's kind of interesting. So when I launched the platform in the spring of 2021, it was essentially just supposed to be kind of a peer support social network. And I think out of that, I picked up on a few things. I started to notice certain conditions that popped up more frequently than others. And then also looked in my just day-to-day -day life, like, am I seeing this, what I'm seeing on my platform echo in other areas of my life? So Instagram, for example, um, I don't know if it's just because of my age, because I'm in my late 30s now, I'm a millennial, or just more women being more vocal about it in the last couple of years. But I just feel like in this last eight to nine months, especially, I've just seen an explosion of posts around PCOS and endometriosis and how so many different women online were talking about being um, overlooked, not listened to, not believed in terms of their symptoms with endometriosis. It can take as many to seven to eight years before they receive an actual diagnosis. And even with that, they would have to obtain a surgery in order to do so, which is quite costly. And for others, if they don't have health insurance, potentially out of reach. And so you have these women that are dealing with symptoms that may or may not have a diagnosis and trying to manage day to day. And I said to myself, there has to be a way for us, A, to meet them where they're at, because if nobody else is paying attention, somebody ought to. And when Wing Women started, it was started just honestly out of my own personal pain story of having gone through reproductive health issues and issues that arose in pregnancy that I had nobody to talk to. Like women's health is still very largely stigmatized and taboo and you would think that we would be able to talk to moms and cousins and sisters and aunties, but it's just not something that I saw was not something that happened with me personally. And then obviously I was seeing it echoed online. And so with endometriosis, I felt that there was a need for us to do something to address their needs and to bring them into our community and to call out the condition because a lot of... Um, women complained about not seeing the word endometriosis on a lot of other websites and whatnot. And so I just felt it was really important to see them and for them to have a place where they knew that they can come and get support, obviously, but for us to be able to introduce like a health coaching program that would help them understand a little bit more about the condition, um, symptom management, how to manage finances around having a reproductive health issue or a chronic condition that's obviously going to cost you money for the rest of your life. Um, how to manage finances in terms of that, plus homeownership, um, paying off debt, bills, all of the things that nobody really talks to you about. And so, like I said, it's just, it's really been a journey, but one that started in a sense of us recognizing that women were speaking frequently and online about not being seen or heard. And we wanted to meet them where they were at with the solution. I, I love this so much. Um, and, you know, I'm big, I'm very big on community because I, I truly believe that's where women thrive. Mm -hmm. And um, I always say yes to more and more of community because we just can't have enough. Um, but I love how solution focused the wing women is. And just the, the fact that, you know, we, for so many years or for far too long, a lot of these conditions have been overlooked, right? Because nobody takes women seriously, um, and especially not women of color. 
Um, and especially not, you know, um, you know, moms, right? It's kind of like, oh yeah, you've had kids. Oh, that's why. That's why. Like, <laughs> it's pretty much what it is, right? And um, you don't want to, you don't want to be impolite and push back. You know what I mean? Because you don't want people to feel as though they're wrong in a sense. Because you just never know. I mean, sometimes people have an opinion and it turns out to be right. And so I think. To that end, yeah, it's, it's really difficult because women aren't believed and we just don't have the conversation. But in the absence of it, you have a lot of women that end up with any type of condition feeling largely isolated and unvalidated. And I just felt like even through my own personal health journey, that was the hardest part. It was like you have the stigma and the shame around whatever has actually happened because, again, nobody talks to you about your your lady parts. <laughs> it's, it's impolite in, in so many ways in so many families. And so um, if you start speaking loudly about your pain and not feeling seen or heard, it can look disruptive. It can make people feel uncomfortable. And I know that's the last thing that ought to matter, but I understand it because having gone through it myself, I was like, oh, do I really want to bother people with this? Um, but I, I agree. I think women kind of get relegated to, oh, you know, you've had kids, that's why, or they'll come up with any number of reasons why it's happening to you and why it didn't happen to them. But I just felt like that was very short-sighted. And unless we did something or at least tried to move the marker beyond just, oh, these problems exist, like I said, with like a solution, health coaching, let's do patient education, let's get women together, let's discuss these things with different scientists and experts and researchers, like how do we get everybody in the same room? You know, I just felt like the problem was going to persist, like people were just going to continue to be ignored. And I didn't like it when it happened to me. I still don't like it when it happens to me sometimes. And so being the company or being a person that was able to facilitate this in a digital environment even um, was just very important because if they are not seen or heard anywhere else, I can guarantee you they'll be seen and heard at Wing Women. So that's really where the, the company has grown. And I'm just really proud of what we've become at this stage. I love that so much. Let's switch gears because I know you're a mother of three and you also co-parent. And I've been a single mom before, just one child. Um, and I know how tough and how exhausting that can be. So can you just tell us a little bit about, you know, your kids, how's co-parenting going? What are some of the challenges um, that you're facing and... and well, I'm like, how long do we got? No, <laughs> I'm playing. But I think with co-parenting, it's interesting. So I was previously married and I don't know if it's a different dynamic from individuals who weren't, but I think there's this period of time post-divorce, if you will, where people are learning how to um, consciously uncouple and how they are pulling apart, or at least for me, how I had to pull apart my own parenting style, my own beliefs, my own values, and how I would instill them as a single individual, as opposed to being a unit. And nobody really prepares you for how to do that. And then if you already had like a professional life or career, nobody also tells you how to do it while still maintaining that um, professional um, ambition and that professional curiosity to continue moving forward. And so for me, the co-parenting, I guess, has changed a little bit in the last few years that we've been divorced. It went from trying to maintain what life was like as a two-parent household and not trying to change things too, too much for them from 
understanding that I needed to set and establish a foundation for myself primarily, professionally, financially, um, just as my own individual self and as a woman, and then also find a way to introduce, I hate to say reintroduce myself to my kids, um, which has been a really unique path and process. And so in terms of co-parenting with him, it's a little different now because whereas before, like I'd say more immediately after the divorce, we were both kind of reinstilling things that we had both kind of agreed upon during marriage. But as that time period has passed, co-parenting now is more me reintroducing um, Adonica 2.0 to them. <laughs> like, now look, your mommy was somebody before, you know, I met your father and even me getting in touch with that and um, really showing who I am to them, particularly I have a 13 year old daughter named Natalia uh, has been really, really interesting because she's kind of seen me go from mom and wife to businesswoman, um, individual, you know, I have a startup now. I didn't have a startup when I was married. Um, my career, actually, I started my career as a weather anchor. And so I was a weather anchor and I did marketing PR. And so now I'm in health. So very dramatically different industry type. And so the, the co-parenting through all of this has been a unique journey, like I said, where I get to kind of reintroduce who I am to them. And even through that process, reestablish what balance looks like in our household. So it's, it's not easy by, by any stretch of the imagination, but um, a really cool journey to be on at this, at this stage at, at 37. So it's really cool. I love that. I love how you, um, how you mentioned reintroduction. I, I never thought about it that way because a lot of things did change, right? And now you sort of, you're wearing a different hat and you are, you have a different personality almost, right? Because now you yeah. got to start up and, you know, be it, pretty much everything, that, at least when the kids are with you, you're like everything to them, right? And then yeah. the, the other parent. Um, but then it was, but there's shit. that, and I think the other part too is like when you're coupled, like there's like a good cop, bad cop kind of thing. Like you have your couple persona, and I found myself, at least with co-parenting, like they would do something and I would I would say something that I always said when I was married because that was like our united front. And then after a while, I'm like, do I even believe that still? <laughs> would I personally even say it that way? You know, what is, who am I as an individual and is that really my parenting style? Um, I'm kind of, I was the fluffier parent, like we need to sit down and talk about our feelings. We need to talk through this. <laughs> go to the meditation corner. You know, it was very, it's a stark difference between he and I. Um, and so at this stage, it's just like, do I just send them to timeout if I'm really somebody who believes in an alternative method of parenting and gentle parenting and talking through things? And so the co-parenting has been different because now I kind of have the license to be who I actually am as an individual. And I just don't think before I would have explored parenting that way. You know, so yeah, my kids, I think we're a little confused there for a second. They're like, did she just say meditation corner? <laughs> but, um, it, it's good because they actually get to see who I am and it, it's nice for them to know who I am as a woman, aside from being their mom. They're always gluten-free, dairy-free and completely powered by plants with over 65 options and flexible plans you can change pause, skip, or cancel at any time. 
Splendid Spoon is a great partner to me, helping take the load off of food prep and allowing me to enjoy the simple moments that can mean so much. Splendid Spoon has my back when time is just not on my side. Try Splendid Spoon today by visiting SplendidSpoon.com and enter promo code HONESTLY, H-O-N-E-S-T-L-Y, to receive $50 off your first box. Oh, I love that so much. So, Adonica, this podcast um, is sponsored by Splendid Spoon, and our theme for this season is about taking the day off. Um, and it's not necessarily not necessarily the entire day off. It's more of how do we either take the day off moments, right? Um, if you can take a full day off, which I have tried, and it works. <laughs> um, you know, if you can take it the day off, and the definition of that is something outside of your of your role as a partner, as a parent, or as a professional, right? Um, and it's uh, it's um, it's an idea that came out of um, Eve Rodsky's book um, called The Unicorn Space. And yeah. it, you know, how do you find your unicorn space? And it needs to be outside of those three things. Mm-hmm. But you know, if we can, if you don't have that enough time, right, to go find your unicorn space, can you at least have some take the day off moments? Yeah. Um, and what that means is, you know, can you spend time just for yourself? for your personal pursuits, your creative pursuits, just to even rest, right? Um, yeah. And I know you, 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 you do a lot of work um, yeah. with women, especially when it comes to, you know, reproductive health um, and, and of course, all, t- all kinds of health issues too, right? Um, yeah. I know you talk a lot about, you know, mental wellness and well-being of women, which is so important. Yeah. Um, and so what are, in your role as the founder of Queen Women and just, all the amazing women that you work with and some of the challenges, right? Health challenges um, that they face. How mm-hmm. have you, what have you seen as far as women taking some time to themselves just to even breathe? And- well, I think it's necessary. Um, I think that there was this part in my career where I kind of felt like, have I done enough work to earn time off? Like, I feel like I thought about it previously is like you get the time off if you've done x y and z whereas now i'm like you take the time off so that you can do x y and z and so even in the reframing of time off isn't something that you have to earn by working it's something that you take so that you can meet goals or you know show up for a meeting and be present and be fully there even Um, i've just gotten a lot better about not necessarily just even just like trying to take little times, like scheduling it into my calendar. So one thing that I do now that I didn't do previously is like I sign up for different classes. Like I know it's kind of cheesy, but I'll go on Groupon and see if there's stuff going on, like um, where you can kind of drop drop in and do different things. There's usually like ax throwing or like painting, all of these kind of things that you probably wouldn't sign up to do typically, but I think it's a really cool way to get out there and try something on your own and carve out time for yourself. And then another one that I've actually taken up more as of late is hiking. Uh, There's a trail not too far from my house. I know it's an hour up and an hour down. I can just put on my Spotify or listen to podcasts, you know, as I'm walking along. And that's how I kind of carve out that time. So when I get in front of my microphone or my desk or paperwork, I'm able to be fully present because I've taken that time to be recentered and grounded before trying to plunge through any more work even. 
I know you talk, you know, when you and I chatted um, right before this podcast, we were talking about my crazy travel schedules yeah. uh, from New York to Lagos to London to LA and <laughs> in between. And you were like, yeah, because, you know, New York, India. And, <laughs> and so, you know, yeah. between you and I, we have seven kids, right? Yeah. 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 Um, and we have seven kids. So how is this possible, right? Um, so can you share with me how you have, um, you know, sort of planned your career and your role as a founder, as well as a parent, so that you're able to do all of those things and be where you need to be? I feel like that's the honest piece, right, as a parent. Well, I label this with a word of caution because I know everybody doesn't have this at their uh, I just, their disposal because I am divorced. And so the fact that I have an ex-husband and a, his family is actually quite involved and they provide a lot for them. Um, he comes from a very large family. His family is actually South American. So they're black Brazilian. Um, they very much believe in community and whatnot. And so in terms of how I've planned this, I don't know that it was conscious, but I think, like I said, at the beginning of divorce and co-parenting, it was like, well, my career is going to be what I can do on a two, two, five, five custody schedule, because that's one of the custody options that you have when you do like a 50, 50 split. But as of more recently, in terms of trying to balance work and career, I've had, you know, conversations with him in terms of like, okay, well, what's the new norm going to look like? So for, and I don't know if everybody knows, but in addition to my role at Wing Women, I am a student midwife. And I have a uh, clinical apprenticeship. And with apprenticeships, you can only kind of go where you're accepted, very similar to like residency. And so I live away from the kids for long periods of time while I'm in clinical apprenticeship and then just fly back and forth to see them. And so it's probably not something I would have been able to do if I were still partnered and married. But I think at this stage in my life, again, being, I hate to say newly divorced, because it's been about three to four years now, but as a woman who needed to reestablish herself, I got real honest, like, I can continue to try to make it look traditional, or I'm going to have to do something to get myself ahead academically by going back to school, um, professionally by getting a medical license, because in the state of California, midwives are licensed medical professionals. And then in terms of my company, really putting energy behind it, speaking to investors and availing myself. And so even though it's going to be a really small snapshot of my overall life, I felt like the way to carve it out and at least be honest with myself is it's okay if he and his family do the heavy lifting for now. And so while I don't think I thought I would get to that point, because the mom in me was just like, I have to retain control. The realistic part is if I wanted to change my life and have something for myself, I was going to have to change something up and go a more non-traditional route. And so that's what I did and am doing because, again, I have this tremendous opportunity to be the first medical healthcare provider in my family and allowing him to do the heavy lifting so that I can pursue a career or at least get my education under me in the meantime is something that opened up for me. And when the opportunity came and God allowed it, I took it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm like saying yes, gal, <laughs> to everything, um, because I think it's so important um, for us as women to, you know, go after our dreams um, and our potential. And, and that's one of the things that Take the Day Off is really about. It is 
that time to then reevaluate and say, is this, you know, do I need to be doing something different? Can I at least rest and 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 gather myself together, especially yeah. with women doing so much um, with the kids and everything. But let me let me turn this around a little bit more. Let me ask you a little bit more yeah. um, exciting questions. Um, with investors and with all of the work that you, you're now doing, how have you been able to, um, you know, I, I don't want to use the word balance because we actually have abolished the word work-life balance. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's more like freelance yeah. or something else is more than two um, dichotomy there. Yeah. So work-life work -life balance doesn't make any sense anymore. But how are you still prioritizing your own health? Um, how are you doing that? Um, for me, like I mentioned before, it's really about scheduling stuff into my calendar where I take care of me first and not getting myself to a place of burnout. I know that I'm at a place of burnout if I fall asleep and wake up and like my phone's above my head and I'm still <laughs> wearing the same jacket or shirt from the night before. And that's kind of a clear indicator like, girl, you're doing way too much, you know? And so um, I've gotten a lot better about scheduling that time for myself. And then even going as far as, I mean, I have an iPhone, but it allows you to kind of set um, nighttime hours. And so it mutes all of the notifications. One of the biggest things I was able to do that made a big um, change in my just day to day and how I was able to show up wasn't even so much, oh, I'm going to go to the spa or I'm going to um, like, go get my, you know, nails done or anything like that. It wasn't anything outside of the house. It was really getting enough sleep. So I've had to do things where I'm like, okay, um, don't schedule appointments overnight, at least a few nights a week, which I know it sounds weird that I would be scheduling meetings overnight, but when you're dealing with people from other countries and they have different time zones, um, I'm located in Southern California. And so you figure if I'm speaking to people in the UK, Singapore, Nigeria, India, they start sending emails, what would be considered our overnight. And so um, making uh, the differentiation on my calendar of which overnights per week, I will allow for international meetings and calls and then blocking off all of the other ones and just turning off notifications so that I get a full night of sleep. So for me, it's been around prioritizing sleep, <laughs> at least for now. And I think that even has helped improve my health because when I have seven, eight hours of sleep overnight, as opposed to kind of going to bed at around 8.30 and then waking up at one o'clock in the morning for calls and then doing calls every other half hour segment, it was just non-sustainable, right? And so putting those boundaries in place around getting enough sleep was a huge thing that really impacted my health and allowed me to be far more uh, productive, even through the days that I am working overnight and then traveling around as much. I think a lot of our listeners are going to just like be mind blown, right? Um, the role <laughs> as, as a as a mother, as a single mother, co-parenting and, you know, just having this non-traditional view um, of, you know, of things. And, I, and a lot of times, you know, I, I was laughing when you said, when you explained your arrangement, um, because a lot of it is also still very so temporary, right? It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's still so temporary yeah. and, um, you know, the kids are going to, you know, they're going to remember when you were 100% there and when, yeah. you know, you needed that time for yourself as well, your career, your professional, um, you know, um, career as well. So I think that's, that's something that we haven't heard a lot um, on this, on this podcast before. So yeah. And I, 
Yeah. And I have to be honest, like I struggle with it, you know, but I also look at the alternative. If I don't do something to advance myself um, academically or professionally, like essentially what I have now is what I'm going to have to give to my kids forevermore. But if I take the time, even though it's painful to not be there for every soccer practice and every game, um, even just by changing the trajectory of my life and becoming a, a medical professional, even, even aside from wing women, just the doors that opens up for our family financially, academically, and them having opportunities to um, meet and be introduced to people from different parts of the world like that I was just never afforded growing up. And so it is a sacrifice, but I do think that what they'll get in exchange for it long-term makes it worth it being a little untraditional for now. And I know they probably don't completely understand, but when you look back and it's like, oh, now we have somebody who's in medicine in the family, it's like, it has to start somewhere. And um, I didn't know that divorce would be the kind of gateway for me to explore it and to have my company and for it to be where it is now. But I'm thankful because I kind of had the opportunity to break some generational cycles in our family and expose my children to some stuff that, like I said, I wasn't exposed to and that they might not have otherwise had if I didn't kind of take a hard look at where I was at and what I had to offer them or not, and then um, just pursue a different pathway that's uniquely on my own. And we're going to keep going, <laughs> God willing, and yeah. um, it's, it's going to work itself out over time. I, I, you know, you, you offer a perspective because, you know, a lot of time here at Mother Honestly, we talk about equal partnership and equal parenting and, you know, and the fact that, you know, men need to do more, um, you know, in order for women to step into their power in the workplace, they need to do more. And because I'm divorced, you know, when I speak to a lot of women that are divorced, they tell me all the time that the only time where they've been able to actively pursue their personal careers and their personal goals was until after the divorce. It almost seemed like that was when men were, you know, kind of forced to step up, right? Because now you're going to get the kids and now you have to figure things out on your own. And, you know, it, it, again, it's just a very um, crazy dynamic. Um, just looking back because my, my daughter went to a dad for the summer and I was like, Okay, and you know, she came back and talked about, you know, daddy made my bed and he made breakfast, lunch and dinner, and you know, took me to, you know, the museum and we went to the X, Y, and Z. And I was like, wait, like when we were married, <laughs> you know, no. I, I will say I will say that he's always he's always been a really hands-on dad. And so I think for me, That's it amazing. makes me feel good, you know, because it's not like I'm worried about their their safety mm -hmm. or anything like that. But I do agree. I've, I've found a lot of women who got to become this very different version of themselves and have the time to explore it, you know, once they became divorced. And so, um, yeah, it's just it's one of those hidden gems that I found out. I'm like, oh, so all of you guys changed careers. Like all of you guys kind of went through this. I was just I, I just I didn't think that divorce would be like that in many ways. Um but it gave me an opportunity, like I said, to rediscover who I am and to really have put myself on this new trajectory that allows me to show up as something and someone radically different for my children and even for my own legacy, right? So I think it's really I it. cool. Yeah. I love this so much. Thank you so much, Donica, for taking the time. I mean, I am blown away, first of all, by your brilliance um, and 
the amazing work that you do for women around the world. I mean, I think I heard I heard you say India and LA and New York, and I'm just like, wow, Nigeria, like you're doing great things. Um, and I know that the world would benefit from this medical um, license. The world would benefit from you know your startup. I mean, your kids will benefit so much. It just gives me great joy um, to see solutions, right? And you giving voice and power to a lot of issues that historically, you know, um, have been overlooked. Um, so many of us, especially, you know, women of color have been excluded from these conversations um, for far too long. And so just seeing, you know, how much work, how much effort you're also putting in and the sacrifices, right? I think a lot of time, you know, it doesn't even matter male or female as a parent, every single time we invest time and energy into a, a professional pursuit, it's sacrifice, right? It's time away from the kids. It's time away from our partners. It's time away from things that we should, you know, be doing. And so this is why even this, you know, take the day off powered by Splendid Spoon is so important because for me, it is how do we remind ourselves that, you know, with everything going on, we need to be able to um, pause and really, you know, reflect on ourselves and our journey and, and take some moments to ourselves. So yeah. thank you for sharing some of the ways that you took the day off. I love the hiking one. Now I'm going to, you know, go find a hiking trail in my neighborhood. <laughs> thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming on the Monarchy Podcast. Thank you for having me. As a working mother of four, juggling my own business with the needs of my family has often led to deprioritizing myself and my own health. I need time back but it's a struggle to decide what to outsource without replacing it with guilt. That's why I am so glad to have found Splendid Spoon. Splendid Spoon brings me nourishing, delicious, healthy, veggie-filled meals that are ready when I am. They're always gluten-free, dairy-free, and completely powered by plants with over 65 options and flexible plans you can change, pause, skip, or cancel at any time. Splendid Spoon is a great partner to me, helping take the load off of food prep and allowing me to enjoy the simple moments that can mean so much. Splendid Spoon has my back when time is just not on my side. Try Splendid Spoon today by visiting SplendidSpoon.com and enter promo code HONESTLY, H-O-N-E-S-T-L-Y, to receive $50 off your first box.